Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. And finally, by Unknown Barbecue Supply, makers of lid hinges, chimney grillers, and much more. You can visit their website, unknownbbq.com slash shop. Use promo code REMPY for 15% off your entire order. This is Hut Jr., the host of In the Hut, and you listen to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling all the time. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast, and I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Uh, we have a great show lined up for you this evening, which I will tell you about here in just a few, sort, uh, few short seconds. However, if you've thought about getting on board with the show and you don't know how to do it, I want to help you out with that. Here's how you can get in touch with the show. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. 
Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month. You know, I said it three weeks ago that 2016 is rapidly coming to a close. And I think as I say it every year, right in the beginning of the year, people think that it's a joke, that it's funny, that I'm a funny guy, like I'm a clown, I'm here to amuse you. But indeed, I think if you really stop and think about it, 2016, I'm sorry, 2017 rapidly coming to a close. We're already in week four of January. So when it's week four, you know, we're going to head over to one of my favorite barbecue and grilling websites, AmazingRibs.com, and call on the keeper of the flame, Max Good, who will be joining us to talk about some new cookers that are making their way onto the market and ones that he has been able to get his dirty little mitts on. And I mean dirty in the most delightful and endearing ways. So look for Max Good here in a few minutes. And then at 9.35, we're bringing to light something that I think, I think a lot of us have thought about it from time to time. And then when it really comes down to putting pen to paper or rubber meeting the road, or perhaps we just forget about it until we're filling up our grills with lump charcoal, how to make your own lump charcoal. And I remember a very, very long time ago, I had once done an interview with then Shotgun Fred of the Barbecue Guru. And at that point, it was a conception idea, a machine or some device. Obviously, one of Fred's fortes was devices. But getting it to market, being able to do your own lump charcoal while you were burning your own lump charcoal in some type of a smoker. It was a great idea, and it just never showed up. I'm actually going to have to ask Bob Trudnack about that here in a couple or uh, next week, because he'll be on. But John Solberg will be here at 9:35 to teach us all how to make our very own lump charcoal. Maybe it's easier than you think. Maybe it's harder than you think. I guess it all depends on where your level of handy mandedness is. Uh, you know, for me, it's going to be super hard, but for you, it might be very easy. So looking forward to learning how to make your own lump charcoal at 9.35. Then we'll get into the second hour. At 10.14, friend of the show, a new KCBS board member, but well-known and established Sam's Club tour director, Michael McDearman, is in. McD. So we'll do our best look ahead to this coming Sam season. And as time permits, talk about some other things. And then helping me close out the show, one of the guys I really love to talk barbecue with here recently, the pitmaster of Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue, Clarence Joseph, is in as well. We're going to be talking about his 2016 season. We're also going to be looking ahead to this coming weekend. The San Antonio Rodeo is coming up, and he's looking to defend his grand championship of last year. All right, everybody knows that the show is on right now, so go ahead and let everybody know the links. My website, thebbqcentralshow.com. You can also send them over to the Roku. You can send them over to outdoorcookingchannel.com. Also, facebook.com slash greg.rempy, however you want to do it. You can get in touch with me. Now, point of note, if you're watching me on the Facebooks right now, I do not check anything that has to do with Facebook during the show. If you're asking me questions, if you're asking me comment, head on over to outdoorcookingchannel.com. Sign up as a guest, hit the chat room. I can do it that way. I do not monitor Facebook at all when I'm doing the show. I read the comments after the fact, but I do not watch that. I can, I'm only one man here doing a show for crying out loud, so what can I tell you? All right, 
Last week, I had Jason Gotro on from Cajun Blaze. Another bit of evidence that the show karma is alive and well. As I had mentioned, you would recall Adam was on this past week. He then rolled out to the first annual BCA Invitational Barbecue Competition in Marksville, Louisiana, and won it. Of course he won it. On top of him winning it, which, of course, if you're a fan of the show and you know how the show Karma works and you love it, it's no surprise. But I didn't know it had the uh, the propensity or the potential of carrying over to youths that are related to somebody that showed up here on the show. For instance, Adam's kids, Aiden and Avery, won the kids' cue. It's a GoTro clean sweep in Marksville, Louisiana this past weekend. Well done, Adam. Well done, Aiden. Well done, Avery. All grand champions. How about that? Fabulous. Now, let me do this. Maybe you guys were looking at my shirt. Let me give you a quick pose here. I want to thank the folks over at Rub My Rack Barbecue. Oh. Stan and Ton. Uh oh. Tonia? Tanya? Tonia? Sorry. Screwing that one up. By the way, as I was doing research, because I saw the logo on uh, Rub My Rack's website or Facebook page, and I was like, wow, nice logo. Come to find out, this is like a, some type of a character of Stan's wife. Good for you, buddy. Hoofa. Look at that. Nice. Very good for you, Stan. Again, I apologize if I am uh, not pronouncing Tanya's name right. I know Now that I know I'm confident in saying it wrong, I, I'm never going to recover from this. I apologize. Stan, thanks for the shirt. You know the bumper stickers on the back of the Forte. If you have uh, stickers or bumper stickers, I'm outfitting the back of my Forte with barbecue bumper stickers. Send me them. I'll give you my address. They will get up on the back, wherever the real estate is. Happy to fly the barbecue banners, as it were. So, thanks to Rub My Rack for the uh, shirt and the stickers. Now, I meant to mention this last week. But there's a company called Silverton Sporting Ranch, and they make a line of uh, barbecue sauces. They're out of Maine, Silverton Foods. Uh, I believe it's Canaan, Maine, or Cannon, Maine. And I have a uh, pineapple bourbon barbecue sauce that I have not tried yet, but they do have a full line of uh, other sauces, uh, apple rum, honey bourbon, pineapple bourbon, cherry habanero, hickory ginger, orange vodka, apple vodka, all that good stuff. Silverton Foods, S-I-L-V-E-R-T-O-N. SilvertonFoods.com if you're looking for something uh, perhaps out of the ordinary. Also coming in with new products is Kingsford. And they have a new long-burning charcoal briquette. And as the product name says, these new briquettes will give you a longer bird time, which means fewer refills. How does it work? Kingsford long-burning briquettes are denser and contain a blend of premium wood char that is especially designed to hold temperature 25% longer than Kingsford original. 
Plus, the formula produces less ash than Kingsford Original, making it ideal for long cooks and ceramic cookers. If you have any questions, you can contact Sam Williams at uh, swilliams at talktocurrent.com. Uh, this is nationally available this month in 2017. So if you are looking for a new charcoal or a new brand or a model of Kingsford charcoal, that's the one you might want to consider. I did get a test bag. I have not burned it yet because I was steeped in volleyball this past weekend. Nevertheless, Max Good coming up out of the break. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a perfect and full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it is the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, Smoke and Grilling 101s and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, cookshack.com, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, or the Google Pluses. Is anybody using Google Plus? Get advice or share your passion of barbecue on the world-class barbecue forum. They still have one of those. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of chance because they were designed by a champ, Ed Fast Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, the PG 1000, are always customer favorites. The PG-1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast. The pellet line gives you the most value for your money. Cookshack Residential Electric Smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. That's right. The best in barbecue since 1962. Call them toll-free, 800-423-0698. Or visit the website, cookshack.com. And don't forget, as Stuart Powell mentioned on his visit last week, they are also venturing into the residential, well, first commercial, but then residential pellet pizza pellet-fired pizza up. Remember, 2017, year of the pizza, amongst other things. All right. Max Good coming up out of the break. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Stick around. We'll be right Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 
This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. You love to barbecue, you love to compete, and you love to win. So do all three with help from Smithfield. Since 1938, Smithfield has been producing high-quality fresh pork products. And now they invite you to get smoking with Smithfield. Are you an organizer of a nonprofit, community, or sanctioned barbecue event? Applying for the new grant program that helps support competitions across the U.S. But that's not all. If you compete, you can join the Committed Cooks program. Members who commit to cooking with premium, hand-trimmed, Smithfield, fresh pork, receive swag and other great pictures and prizes. Head on over to smokinwithsmithfield.com for more information. That's Smokin' with Smithfield. All right, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time to visit with the resident keeper of the flame at AmazingRibs.com. What grills and smokers should you be buying? What's the new getting ready to hit the market style cooker? All questions that shall be revealed and answered here as we as we race to the hotline. And welcome, Max Good, to the show. Hey there, Max. No, Max. He's coming. Guaranteed he's coming. Absolutely. Let's see if this is him. Max, is this you? It is me. Aha! I knew we would find you somewhere. I'm here. All right. So, I just gave you a great introduction, of course. Oh, and well, thank you very much. We are ready to go. So we love to have Max Good on, who, of course, well, that's not Max. That's Michael. Hey, I, oh, wait a minute. You Put got, the other guy back on. You got handsome. Was, oh. Wait, okay, well, here's Max. <laughs> so uh, we love to have you on the first Tuesday or the fourth Tuesday of the month. Uh, you're from AmazingRibs.com, the keeper of the flame. And, you know, there isn't a tremendous amount of, let's call it discretionary income or maybe recreational income still these days, although we're hoping that might change. So you're the guy that's getting his hands on all the new stuff or the cool stuff or the new cool stuff or whatever you want to say, and you can help us kind of direct our uh, extra dollars uh, potentially. So let's get right into it. There's a number of different things we're going to be talking about, and one is something that we kind of talked about last week, which is the American Muscle Grill, which is kind of in a market kind of like the Kalamazoo, although we did make a bunch of differentiators last month. So have you? Uh, do you have any extra additions or updates now that you've had another month to play with? Well, I, I concluded my tests on it a few weeks back. Right. Um, so I, I don't know where we left off with it, uh, but it certainly is a striking device. And I don't know that <laughs> when you talk about, about people uh, trying to watch their dollars, you know, that is a luxury grill, and, and uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's overpriced. It's very well-made and uh, very unique. Um, yeah, just to recap it, it looks like a hot rod. It cooks like a hot rod. Uh, the front of it, uh, the control panel, looks like the grill of a Shelby GT350, um, and it's got very powerful 522,000 BTU burners, um, with a tray, removable trays that sit on top of the burners that double not only as as uh, heat tents to diffuse the heat like all gas grills would have, but you can actually fill them with charcoal or wood and get a dual, as they call it, a dual fuel experience. But uh, I'm glad you're you're thinking of all of our our listeners that are trying to watch their money. It's Christmas just left because. 
I really want to tell them all about Kalamazoo's new smoker cabinet. The freestanding model goes for fourteen thousand oh, oh, dollars, and the well, built-in I'm, is about we're, eleven grand. We're watching our dollars tonight. Oh, <laughs> Max, yeah, we'll, you, we'll be watching a lot of them. You, you, you must have hit the mother load here recently. So, uh, so this is obviously Kalamazoo in the same uh, breath of Kalamazoo hybrid. Uh, well, yes. I mean, they oh. are obviously two different things. Oh, yeah, of and, course, but and, same company. Well, uh, well. American Muscle Grill is owned by Somerset, right? Uh, which is a West Coast company. Kalamazoo is right here in the Midwest, right? Kalamazoo, Michigan. They've been there for quite a while. All right. So, uh, the, you, but you were talking about that Kalamazoo smoker cabinet, which is yeah, the, the smoker same cabinet. What I like about it, Greg, is that I haven't seen anything like this. Uh, it is a luxury outdoor kitchen item. And Kalamazoo is at the top of the heap uh, in in every way and in price. You know, when you talk about money, uh, you can they're pretty much the most expensive grills made. Um, this cabinet smoker is gorgeous. It fits under the counter, and you know, for all of you that were saying fourteen grand, you got to be kidding me. I I couldn't afford to buy it. No, but uh, you know, believe it or not, people can. Uh, what I what's incredibly unique about it in my view is not only is it excellent in every way as Kalamazoo is known for and if if you win a million bucks and <laughs> you want to get some really good stuff you might take a look at them uh, but there are no cabinet smokers that are any kind of smokers for outdoor kitchens that are integrated into that look and you guys know what I mean. You've seen outdoor kitchens. They're all stainless steel, shiny. Yep. They got a beautiful grill. They got a sink next to it. They got a refrigerator, you know, under under the cabinets. They got drawers and all this. Well, this is a, a gravity feed charcoal smoker that fits under the cabinet. And um, I, I know they worked on it for quite some time to tweak it and get it just right. Overbuilt in every way, gorgeous in every way. Uh, I mean, us mortals look at it like you'd look at a Lamborghini or like a you know three hundred thousand dollar car. You go, wow! I wish I could afford that, <laughs> you know. But it's it's fantastic. Uh, I can't think of anything else that's out there available for an outdoor kitchen ensemble like this. Let me ask you uh, a question, uh, Max. When it comes to price point, at fourteen thousand dollars or whatever that luxurious price tag is going to be, overbuilt in every way. Looks great, fits into the the custom kitchen situation as you had mentioned. But from a cooking standpoint, does it cook any better than a Stumps or a Southern Pride or a Deep South or a Pit Maker? And the list goes spice wine. The list goes on mm-hmm. and on with mm-hmm. cabinet makers now. Is it that much better from a, a cooking standpoint, or is it purely aesthetics and name? I I couldn't say from personal experience, but I posed that question question to Kalamazoo. And the response from the, one of the key designers there was that, honestly, if you got a really good uh, gravity feed charcoal smoker, that it could perform in a similar way. Uh, but yes, this is the best of everything, the best of materials engineered and designed t- t- to make your eyeballs, ears and fingers bleed, you know. Um, the challenge also that they faced was to squeeze it under a cabinet and still have adequate airflow. And, um, you know, that's, this gets beyond my, my skill level to think about the design, uh, challenges in that. 
but uh, they wanted to make sure that it was no wider than 36 inches for the under under the um, under the shelf model. There is a freestanding model as well. That's the one that's more expensive. Um, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? Uh, just from the under the shelf model perspective, what kind of a capacity do you have since it's fitting into the kitchen? Uh, oh gosh, you know what? I am a bad boy. I only have the stats on the freestanding model, which is a little larger. Uh, so I think I'm going to guess that the under the shelf model is slightly smaller. The freestanding one has um, three 17 inch wide by 25 inch deep um, racks. For a total of 3.86 cubic feet available, uh, more than enough for three whole packer briskets, nine whole rib racks, or two large turkeys. Um, they also have integrated a barbecue guru into it. This is coming standard oh. with the system. I asked them why they did that because originally they were talking about having that as an option. Yeah. I guess when you get in these price points, it's like a couple hundred extra you know, bucks, big deal. You know, for the, throwing the in the, price the, point. the dice hanging off the rearview mirror yeah. on your sports car or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was told that it just works so much better. And of course, you know, you can imagine the whoever would buy this wants performance, wants ease of use, and it just helps. Uh, goose it up a notch above what it already is now when they say nine racks of ribs i'm going to go out on a limb and say that they're talking about loin back ribs versus whole racks of spare ribs um i'm sure they don't I, mention that but i'm i'm going to go they, out they have not limb. mentioned it. and again i i haven't i've seen the thing up close and personal but i haven't cooked on it uh so i couldn't definitively tell you that um sorry all right, that's fine. Uh, so if you have fourteen to seventeen to fifty thousand dollars for a Kalamazoo smoker cabinet, this might be something that you would want to take a look at. Yes. Otherwise, we have a Charbroil Smart Chef True Infrared Gas Grill, and I think, and I don't want to speak out of school here, Max, but maybe gas grills aren't really looked at in in, in a attractive light amongst the niche of barbecue and grill guys. It's all not that grill isn't live fire all the time because it is a, mm -hmm. a burning fire, I guess, to a certain degree. But it's not charcoal, and we I think there's a aesthetic and a and a cachet for charcoal. But there is obviously a huge market for gas grill. Well, they are the most popular. Yes. Um, I th I think realistically, uh, most people in the United States would like uh, inexpensive gas grill. They view them as easy to use. Easy to fire up. When you're done cooking, you just go inside and forget about it, basically, which is not a good idea because I know people who don't <laughs> clean their gas grills, and that hmm, that will it'll either come back to haunt you or you'll be one of these folks that said, "All right, out to the curb, I'm buying a new one." Sure. Uh, but the Smart Chef is very unique. Uh, it's something that we've been wanting for quite some time, and others have tried to do it to uh, varying degrees of success. They're bringing this, here's what it is. It's a three burner gas grill that has digital control. You can control oh. the temperature and monitor uh, this thing from your smartphone. Um, there are some restrictions on it. I just started playing with it. I got one of the first models out there and it's on my deck now. It looks a lot like one of their other true true infrared, it has the true infrared cooking system, which is a radiant plate above low 
uh, powered burners with a grill surface on top of the radiate plate. The heat energy gets stored in that radiate plate, and uh, the result is you get some really intense searing temperature there, but you can dial these down too. And there is no flare-up. There's very little convection heat. Right. So foods come it's, – it's an incredibly forgiving system. They have it on many of their grills, not all of them. Uh, and also their their luxury line, which is Sabre, but it's nowhere near as expensive as Kalamazoo or American Muscle Grill. Um, this has a, a digital uh, ther thermometer sensor at the back of the unit, and it uh, sends information of the temperature inside the cook box down to a valve controller in the lower cabinet. And there is a, a lead, a wire coming out from this controller to each of the three burners. And you can actually, from your smartphone, you can say, I want to go, I want to go to this, I want to go to 500. It, it bottoms out, the low temp from the control unit is 350. And I clocked it up uh, upwards of 700 wow. on the high end. So you can sear with this thing. Now, if you want to go lower than 350, you have to go into a manual mode, which is also a possibility. If you don't want to use the, the digital control, you go manual. Uh, and even if you're manual, you can still use the integrated meat probe that comes with it. It has two ports for meat probes, as a matter of fact, but only one comes with it. It also has a built-in timer. And Charbroil has provided... Um, their own guided recipes, which I haven't explored yet, but I'm eager to do so. I teased them. I said, I, I want this to be the easiest test I've ever done. I'm just going to follow your recipes and see what happens. Um, so I'm very curious to see that. W we'll see. We'll see, Greg, if this does what they say it does. And I'm already seeing there's some, like the 350 uh, threshold on the low end from the controller only. You can override it and just go or, or underwrite it, if you will, and go manual and set up two zone like you could with any other gas grill and get to lower temps. Uh, but I'm, it's, it's a fascinating system. And um, if it does what they say, it's, it will do. It's a, it's a groundbreaking landmark achievement. I am a well-known, longtime, staunch critic of charbroil. And I'm saying it right this time, not like we did the last oh, time. Okay. Where I so, in your estimation, do you find this to be a cooker that is going to last three to five years? Uh, Charbroil has been well-known in having great ideas on the concept, but when it comes for execution and putting it in there to the market, little lackluster overall. Well, uh, I can't argue with that to some degree. Uh, they're not known for durability and longevity. Um you know, if you compare them to Weber, which is often done, and I'm not sure that's entirely fair because Weber's price points are, generally speaking, quite a bit higher. Um, and Charbroil makes sure that, that they bring their products in for those lower price points. But the re reality of it is, in my view, that when you're looking for these value price systems, that they're, they're, they're probably the best out there that I've seen. Uh, well, I take that back. Broil King makes some very good low-priced gas grills right. as well. And, of course, they have their uh, cast aluminum bodies, which will outlast the lower-cost materials that Charbroil uses. Um, 
I don't I'm not sure what to say about that. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I also talk to a lot of people who who uh, kind of are what I just described. They 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 want a grill that'll last them three, four, five years, and then they want to replace it. People uh, own cars like that, too, you know. That's their viewpoint on them. Max Good joining me here from AmazingRibs.com, the keeper of the flame over there. Uh, the last one I want to talk about tonight, and we've uh, talked to uh, some people at the corporate office at this company, and we've gotten some other uh, insight uh, just from a steak cooker's point of view. But the mm. Portable Kitchen 360, which uh, just recently is now going to be put in Home Depot stores, which is a, a bit of a twist in their marketing campaign, if I'm not mistaken. So what can you tell me about this one? I think the Home Depot is going to be regional. I don't think it's going to be national, oh, okay. in my recollection. All right. Uh, but it's still a nice thing. Um, we love the PK Grill. I personally haven't done a lot, lot with it, but I know Meathead is nuts about the thing he's got one on his deck i got a whole system in three boxes sitting in my dining room right now i gotta pull it out but this is the the new one they they started up the the same year as weber 1952 and they never gained the recognition that that weber has right but um they they pretty much have had this one unit that's relatively unchanged that whole time now they have a new much larger one that looks more modern and has more modern features to it. And I am truly excited to check it out. It, it, have you seen the thing, Greg? Of course, yes. Oh, man, it's, it very looks nice. cool. Very sexy. It's, um, it's almost space age, you know. And the, and, uh, the, the air tubes, uh, yeah, the yeah. controllers one of, of the, the area. One of the that people had about it, one, it was like uh, one of the things everybody loved, but the way it was executed, people had complaints because it has it's rectangular in shape as opposed to a kettle that's round. Uh, cast aluminum, so it's rectangular, and it has two intake vents at the bottom and two corresponding intake yes. vents at the top. Now the ones, and they're just sliding vents. So if you slide them open and close at the bottom, you slide them open, ash falls out onto a shelf underneath. Right. They've come up with a brilliant solution to that. They have these these um, uh, cylindric. The dampers, I guess. Yeah, you like ro- rotators the, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so nothing's going to drop through the bottom. Uh, but um, that you instead of sliding back and forth, you have these dials on the front, and you, you open and close them. Um, it's larger than the the original model yep. that's been around since 52. That's a big deal, you know, that uh, the, the first real change they've made in all these years. And... Um, it's about eight hundred bucks, as I recall, for the the whole package. Um, so you know, it's not cheap either. Well, here's what I know: we're out of time, so that's good. Oh. And uh, you get it put together and get to cooking on it. So when we reconvene in the lovers' month of February, you can give us a full review. <laughs> I'll send you a card, Greg. Yeah, perfect. I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, it's Max Good, AmazingRibs.com's Keeper of the Flame. Always appreciate the time, Max. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Greg. You got it. There he is, Max Good from AmazingRibs.com. And, of course... All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. AmazingRibs.com is the website. I'll be looking forward to getting that review from Max. 
me get rid of this, uh... Mute that. Alright, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Okay? Pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs the hassle, might I strongly suggest, a pit barrel cooker. The pit barrel, unique in the fact that it's easy to use and it's available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that turns out great traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork shoulders, and ribs. It can also ramp up and tempt to do the burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. Versatility all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook and hang method places the food in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie, if you will. The result, great tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. That is consistency. Not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well. It's not only built to withstand heat, thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather. It's also extremely portable. It can fit in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. It's ready to go wherever you are. Of course, all barbecue folks love accessories, and the pit barrel doesn't disappoint here either. From rubs to the unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, turkey hangers, hinged grill grates, the new charcoal chimney, the very cool mugs and beer koozies. They have all the accessories you want that really complete the pit barrel experience. Best part, for 299 bucks, the pit barrel comes fully assembled and is ready to cook on. And it ships right to your door for free. What? Not only does the cooker ship free, but with so few returns, everything else ships free to the lower 48 continental states each and every day. No promo code or coupon code needed. Don't take my word for it. Max Good, Meathead, over at AmazingRibs.com, continue to sing the praises and give their highest ratings three years in a row. That's the gold division, by the way. Head on over to PitBarrelCooker.com and see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos. Then pick up one or two for yourself. You can thank me later. If you have any questions, you can contact them through their website or call them, 502-228-1222. 502-228-1222. And yes, they'll actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about, won't you? It's great folks over at pitbarrelcooker.com. They will be at HPB Expo as well. I'll have breaking news on that further as the show wears on, maybe. But we're back with how to make your own lump charcoal right after this. Stick around. Two one six two two zero zero nine six six. Now let's get back to the LeBron James of barbecue talk. Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by GreenMountainGrills.com, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. Medium size, they got one there too. How about? tailgate compact yes they have it also pellets to fire those cookers as well all you have to do is visit the website greenmountaingrills.com that's greenmountaingrills.com i love my green mountain grill you could love yours as well now never let it be said that when i see or hear a great idea that i don't bring it on the show and let the centralites evaluate for themselves and it seems only too obvious but 
Do you know anyone who's currently making their own lump charcoal? That's not in the lump charcoal making business. I do, and since it's a subject we haven't discussed here on this show ever, we need to rectify that situation right here and now. So let's go ahead and head over to the Smithfield Hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, John Solberg. John, how are you, buddy? Hey, great, Greg. Uh, so, John, I'm very interested. Do you have a camera on tonight by, by chance? Or? I, I do, and it is on. It is? It is. Hold on a second. I'll be the judge. Oh, okay. Sorry. Hey-o. Ta-da. Yeah, I just uh, blew out my whole digital mixer here, and I didn't see the picture. That's why. I was hiding you from myself. Here we go. So give me background about Mr. Solberg. Are you a longtime live fire enthusiast? Is it something that you kind of got into later in life? Where's your venture into the live fire foray? Uh, I've played in live fire for a long time. Uh, seriously, only for the last three or four years, um, I got into the, you know, back in the nineties, the open bottom water bullets, uh, about 1995, I fell into getting better, trying to get better at that, uh, graduated into uh, smoky mountain in the early two thousands. And that's when it kind of took off. Can't really ever say I got good at it, uh, for the last four or five years. John Solberg joining me here on the show. We're going to be talking about how to make your own lump charcoal. You know, there continues to be a great debate over charcoal. You have a couple different options. You have the briquette charcoal, you have the lump charcoal. Then you have these new ancillary things that are coming down, the coconut charcoal and all this other crap that I really don't see becoming a, a real run as of, well, for now, I guess. So I certainly understand that you make your own lump, of course, but do you use both? Do you have certain times when you would use briquette or lump, or are you just the straight-up lump guy? I'll burn anything. To me, it's just a heat source. So if it's, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Kingsford fan. You can't beat its consistency. If I'm going to cook that counts, I'm going with Kingsford. Um, I do like lump charcoal. Of course, it's got its place, but I'll burn stubs. I'll burn uh, B&B. It's like I say, to me, it's a heat source, and I just want to play with all of them. How long have you been making your own lump charcoal? I think this is my second year of making it. So I've been a couple years now I've been at it. I had mentioned in the open that I think, you know, from time to time you might hear somebody talk about making their own. Or for me, it was probably over a decade ago when uh, a very famous inventor, Fred Perkle, uh, who did the Barbecue Guru, talked about maybe bringing something to market, but it never happened. So how do you hear, do you see a video? Are you reading an article and you're like, oh, yeah, of course I should be doing that. Well, it all started when I stumbled across Amazing Ribs, the Zen of Charcoal. And uh, there were some great links to some videos of talked about the Colliers of Pennsylvania who went out into the woods and made mountains of charcoal to smelt iron with before the coal industry. And it just kind of developed from there. And so I was very interested in that, but you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. That's not practical. Um, but then the conversation keeps coming up about... Uh, you know, my charcoal is better. Your charcoal is better. This is the best charcoal. I found bricks in my charcoal. So I started to get like, <laughs> all right, what is what is good charcoal? And how do I have an intelligent conversation about making charcoal or lump charcoal? So I started digging into it. There's a ton of information out there about making biochar. So there's a lot of people making charcoal for different reasons other than cooking. Uh, even over at Naked Wiz, there's a great page about making lump charcoal in your backyard. So just kind of those combination of things led me to where I am today. All right, so let's delve into the process here. 
Um, maybe equipment, and obviously I have a host of pictures here that we can kind of run through as well that you sent over to me that lists uh, or, or kind of shows uh, what you're using, and then we can to get into price and stuff. So as far as what you need to buy or, or maybe you have it around the house and you didn't know you had it, uh, what's the best way to kind of get started here? Well, what I did is I had a patio fire pit, something that never used, sat on the patio. And underneath that photo, that's the base. And I just used that patio fire pit to get things up off the ground in my cook area. Uh, the second piece is a two-thirds of a 55-gallon barrel. And the thing that actually makes the charcoal is a 16-gallon. So here we are, like, all taken out. So you got the, the big barrel, the one that probably goes inside the big one, and then the uh, it all fits inside that fire pit. Correct. And that fire pit is only acting as a stand for the for the other barrel. All right, so the, the, uh, for the people that are listening audio, you're going to have to go catch the video here just to, I guess, fully understand if you can't get the concept in your head. But the bigger one uh, does have a bottom in it, or is it just a cylinder that you can shoot? No, it has a, that one has a bottom in it. It absolutely does. Okay, so um, talk to me about wood source. Uh, I would imagine you're going to have to have a, a pretty good line on you know regular chop wood. Yeah, that's, that's, that is a fact. Uh, but I do also run stick burners. So there's always a face cord of wood at my house, always a couple at my dad's and in reserve riding the pine. So, you know, yeah, you got to have some wood, but, and you, and you need some way to make it into some smaller form. Is there a rest period? So if you're, you know, you, you have your firewood guy who's giving you hardwood and we'll use barbecue wood for this example, since it's, this is the kind of show that we're doing versus just traditional heating. So you get a, a cord of cherry or apple or whatever you're getting. Do you have to let it sit up and rest for a while or season for a while, or are you hoping that the firewood guy has done that portion for you? Well, I'm a believer that your wood needs to be seasoned. You don't want to make charcoal out of greenwood, that's for sure. Um, I actually use a moisture meter just to check it because it's just another gadget that I like to have, uh, and it's fairly inexpensive. But, uh, yeah, your wood does need to be seasoned just Similar to if you want to cook with it. Um, so after you are, what's the, 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 is the water amount what you're looking for? What's the moisture content with your meter that you're looking for ideally to get started? 18%, 20%. All right. So once you have the wood ready to go, how do you tackle from there? Well, you need a piece of wood that's about four inches in dimension in any direction. So I hate to call it a diameter, but you'll split the 18 inch splits down to smaller pieces so you have no greater dimension than four inches and that's just my you know what i've learned and then i chunk that into four inch long sections of log so i'll split down a split uh, you know i use a 10 inch miter box to make it smaller uh, i've done the chainsaw thing but that's yeah, probably not a great idea so you just want to get these you know four inches chunks of wood and pack them into that smaller barrel as tight as you can so what we're seeing here for the video people, these are the size chunks that you are cutting up. This is representative Correct. to what you're doing? Absolutely. All right. So you get them all chunked up, and now uh, we're going to go ahead and start the process of, of making the charcoal. So you just go ahead and fill one uh, where I just had you fill that bucket up with, uh, with, with the wood? Yep. Just jinga it in there the best you can. You want as little airspace as possible oh. and just kind of pack it around in there and tap it in and make it good and tight the best you can, make it fit. And and then it's ready to fire. All right. So once you have it in the, uh, looking for a better picture here, we're probably going to go right into a move. So let me go back to this one. 
So this bucket is going to go inside the bigger bucket. So you have Correct. gap or space in between these two. Correct. Now you have to build a fire in the middle. Pretty much. All right. So talk um, to me about that because this is probably like the most one of the most crucial parts. Well, there's there's a lot of stuff on the internet of different ways to do it. Some people cut a door in the bottom of their main barrel. They put their retort or the inner vessel up on some blocks. They feed it from the bottom. Uh, oh. I'm kind of simple, so I just basically I get a good fire going in the barrel, set this down on top of it, and then just feed smaller splits around the outside to to keep that fire going. So you're setting a fire right down in the bottom of the big one and then setting this on top instead of like setting this down on the base and then building a fire around the space that you have left, if I'm saying Cor that right. That's correct. And and the only reason I'm doing that is just because it's easier to build a fire and then feed it up from the sides than light a fire in a six-inch space around it. What do you use wood-wise for that? Does it not matter because you're just looking it for heat at that point? It doesn't matter because the, the wood you're burning is not contacting what you're making charcoal uh, into charcoal. So uh, I do use uh, the same uh, cooking wood from the pile. Uh, I've got a couple neighbors that are into uh, home woodworking. They'll bring me some scraps. I'll use those as well. But you're just looking for scraps from the yard. Anything will work to make that happen. All right. So from a, from a finished product standpoint, I, I think I got ahead of myself here. Fortunately, hold on. One's like, hold on. One's like, okay. This is what we're looking at, finished wise. Uh, I mean, are they? How long does it take? I mean, is it is, is every batch different, like a pork butt or a brisket or what? It, it it is, but you know, I give it a two. I give it about a two hour burn, about a two hour burn, and it'll off gas. And then with a little time, gas starts to escape from that inner barrel. It starts to burn off. You start to get a feel for it, but two hours is a pretty good time time frame. All right, so when so here's a picture of you pulling out a chunk. I mean, are you relatively uniform in size, or will you have to break down to get smaller chunks? What's it? What's that? What's that like? They're pretty scattered for me. I haven't really dialed down that to make it uniform, but uh, you'll get some big ones that break up, then you'll get some small ones. Uh, the better you do with cutting and packing, the better the end product is. When you see a lot of sparking in some of the other lump charcoal commercially made, do you get a lot of that when you go to start your lump charcoal or not so much? I, I do not. Yeah. And and I, I don't have a lot of experience with a lot of other lump charcoals, so I don't I don't see that. All right. Now, uh, just in case anybody's wondering how well does it look or how well does it fire, uh, do you find there to be any negative to your lump charcoal versus some of the stuff that you can buy otherwise? No, no, I really don't. All right. So, um, I mean, it looks like you get a, a nice raging fire going here. So now I can go back to, to playing this again. Um, so this is what it looks like when it's burnt. Yeah, just just a little slow-mo burn. Yeah, super nice burn. All right, now I want to get into this, which is fun to look at. So this is actually in the burn process right now in uh, – you have to weight down the top, otherwise it would pop off because of the gas coming out, or what? Well, what happens is is that top kind of deforms. There's a lot of heat going on here. So I just put that iron weight on there to hold it down. Obviously, you don't want to seal this thing down because it's off-gassing. And the other log is I just normally throw a log up there to kind of pre-burn it before I slide it into the alongside. And now we can look at uh, the gas escaping here. This is the, the chatter that you're seeing. Right, that's off-gassing, and it's just cranking. 
It's, I don't mind saying it. It's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, of course. Uh, now, what does it mean off-gassing for the people that don't know? Of course, I know what that means because I'm very smart. But for other people, we don't want to pretend like we're talking above that. What's off-gassing mean? Well, I don't, I'm not definitely not a woodologist, but there's a lot of stuff in wood that you need to get out of it so that you're only got the carbon left. So whatever the essential oils or whatever it is that makes it oak, you got to burn that out of it. And that's what you're doing. You're basically rapidly decomposing or distilling the wood. So as that stuff comes out, you know, it's the same stuff they make denatured alcohol out of and, and other chemicals, which was actually the step that Ford had between the scrap lumber and making briquettes was he was capturing these gases for chemical use. So those are burning off and they're flammable and, and they're burning off. Once you're done, uh, you obviously allow time to cool. Is there any more further seasoning that needs to be done to the lump charcoal once it's in its charcoal form, or is it ready to immediately go into a fire and start cooking over? It's ready to go. I let it sit 24 hours. I store it in a metal container outside. You know, I don't want to take any risk with it, but it is ready to go as soon as you're done. How much are you getting out of a out of a run, by and large? Uh, well, I'm loading a 16 gallon, and I have never weighed this out, but I'm loading a 16 gallon barrel, and I might lose 10, 15, 20 percent at the most, volume wise. Are you saving money? Well, it's I got to tell you, it's dirt cheap to make it. I mean, <laughs> uh, if you just do some fuzzy math and you say, okay, I'm going to give if I'm going to burn ash wood, and that's 42 pounds a cubic foot. So if I just throw some numbers around and say my face core to ash is 1,500 pounds and I can convert 15, 20% of that into charcoal, well, I bought a face core to wood for $60 in my market. So, you know, I'm basically making 250, 300 plus pounds of charcoal for 50 bucks. Yeah, because you're getting, uh, what, a 15, 20 pound bag of lump charcoal, depending on what you're getting. 15 or 20 bucks for the bag, right? Right. And and I've, I've never bought Fogo, but I look at that as it's, you know, it's, it's a buck, you know, buck 50 a pound. Yeah. So definitely saving money. Uh, John Solberg joining me here on the show. John, if somebody wants to get in contact with you and uh, see what the charcoal making process is like or have further questions, is there somewhere they can get a hold of you? Sure. I can give an uh, email if you like. Yeah, go ahead. That's John, J-O-N at John Solberg.com. So that's J-O-N at J-O-N-S-O-L-B-E-R-G dot com. John, really appreciate the info tonight. And like I said, I think it's something that a lot of us have thought about at a time or two, and then it just kind of goes off into the ether, whatever the hell that means. And you never think about it again. So now we've covered the topic here. First time in like 12 years that the show's been on the air. Appreciate, man. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. You got it. Good night. That's John Solberg. He makes charcoal, ladies and gentlemen. And now you can make charcoal as well if you would like. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. Is anybody making their own charcoal right now? That's the question of the day. Anybody doing that? I'm not. I would like to, though. I would love it. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the CHOPS Power Injector System. The NBBQA 2015-2016 Barbecue Tool of the Year. They come in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs. Let me tell you about them. The number one seller continues to be the half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector System. 
designed for competitions or to pump up the backyard guy like me or gal. They're easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 100 bucks plus you pay shipping. Then you have the one-gallon CHOPS power injector system. Holds double the amount of the half-gallon. That's why they call it the gallon. Some use it in competition, like when you're cooking an MBN whole hog or 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with 14-gauge needles, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. This one's 120 bucks plus you pay the shipping. And then, of course, you have the big one, the electric and commercial competition big daddy, the CHOPS full power injector system. This one, not a holding tank. Nay, the horse said. It's a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube. You can put it in any size container. That's right. From a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. And he has said time and time again that with the CHOPS full-power injector system, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch, 12-gauge needles, 2-inch, 11-and-a-half-gauge needles, three plug screws and a needle protector, 325 bucks plus you pay the shipping. Here's the thing. We live in a foodie world, right, Central Lights? We need flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast, and it's not just for meat. How about an alcohol-infused watermelon or grapefruit? Extra accessories. You want them, they got them. You want to shoot medium-ground spices, they got you covered for that. They have two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles. Also, they have two-inch clothes-tip needles, perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep from plugging the needles with fat. They sell replacement stock needles as well. They have a great upgrade. You can make your chops power injector bulletproof. How about this? Metal needle adapters. Ever thought about that? Well, they did. And don't forget, every injector is assembled right there in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. The CHOPS Power Injector System gives your barbecue some power, and you can visit them at Barbecue Kansas City. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, barbecuekansascity.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or purchase. You can also buy from Amazon.com as well. So is nobody making their own lump charcoal? React to me! Thanks again to John Solberg for talking to me about it. All right, so I want to take two minutes here. Over the past three weeks, a guy who was maybe yeah, still in the chat room, the official, he doesn't know it, the official Barbecue Central sound engineer, Haniel Trisna, has hooked me up. I mean, it immediately gets into the weeds. Immediately gets into the weeds for me, so I know it would for you guys. But I'm basically going to be able to take two of my hardware components off the desk. We've gone digital. 
digital mixer. I mean, there's still a physical mix, but I have a digital console up on my screen right over here. You can't see it. I'll get a new video of show you all around it and stuff so you can continue to probably not care. But this step is real. This stream chat on iPhone is horrid. Yeah, of course it is. It's, it's an iPhone. But the ability, the abilities and the potential that I have are kind of limitless. And I sound way better and I can free up desk space. And he has spent hours and hours and hours with me getting this whole thing set up, going through troubleshooting, giving me lessons. We did a final sound check a couple hours ago here before the show. So I want to get it out in the public. Handel Trisna is a sound engineer god. Thank you. This thing is awesome. I love it. All right, we're going to step away and reload for the second hour. If you want to jump in on the show, I'm more than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. That's the Smithfield hotline. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Big news to get to here in the second hour. You're right, Steve. I am going pro with audio. Okay, stick around. We'll be right back. (laughs) Todd's like, yeah, we expect only the highest quality show. And if you watch Chad's show before me, it can only go up from there, right? (laughs) I kid, I kid. I kid. All right, here we go. I'll be right back for the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. This is Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet before we nerd. So listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Folks, congratulations. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, and we do it each and every Tuesday here on the Outdoor Cooking Channel at thebbqcentralshow.com, on Roku, a number of other different areas. I'm telling you, with the installation of the new digital mixing console i continue to look down here at the physical mixer which is not hooked up and i see no metering going on whatsoever and i am pooping then i look up at the screen i'm oh okay everything's okay it's okay it's okay gotta get used to that 
Uh, hey, you want to jump in on the show tonight? I'm more than happy to have you, and here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Uh, still to come on the show tonight, Michael McDearman, the uh, Fit Barbecue Griller, and the newest KCBS Board of Directors director guy. Also, the Sam's Club tour director, which is really what we're most interested in. Not that we're not interested in the other stuff, but you know what I'm saying. And closing out the show in about 34 minutes from now, Clarence Joseph from Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue. So look forward to that. Now, here is your 2017 horse meat update. I have contacted my local congressman. I am in the 14th district, and his name is Dave Joyce. And I specifically asked him about horse meat discussions that he might have with other members of Congress. As you can imagine, currently no update. Get that big stuff out of here. Honey. Uh, hello, honey. This is your mother, and I'm here to tell you something. I've had it with this fakakta horse talk that you are uh, making your listeners suffer through. I have news for you, uh, honey. There's going to be no horse meat going around, okay? Who are you talking to? Well, I'm talking to your son, Greg, the, uh, the horse guy. What are you talking about? He used to love horses. We grew up in Saratoga. He loved horses. We used to go watch him when he was younger. He loved them. Yes, but he's talking about eating horses. I don't think we're, we're talking about eating horses, are you? I'm not going to eat a horse. You can't make me eat a horse. I mean, I love your cooking, but I'm not going to eat a horse. I'm not talking about eating a horse or cooking one. Your son is talking about it, all right? He's talking about eating horses and i'm not gonna have it and i'm not gonna have his listeners be subjected to this crazy horse talk when he knows nothing is gonna come of it you're a rubble rouser sir you didn't you learn that from me what are you talking about what did you say nothing all right i gotta go make a martini i've had enough of horse talk you do that greg stop talking about horses and that's all i have to say about that all right, that's my mom, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks. Thanks, Mom. Okay. Enough of the horse meat talk. Got it. Got it. Anyway, if I have anything to report back, it's going to be a weekly report as I put out feelers, as I do my own investigative journalism. You know, I've now contacted the highest levels of government as it relates to where horse meat potential processing and consumption here in the States is. So I actually started at the top. I'm now working my way back down to the lower levels to start making the run back up. So Dave Joyce, you are on the radar. You are on the clock, and I am expecting response back, specifically with your, you know, specifically with what conversation. Can you imagine this guy getting this email to me? What conversations am I having with my colleagues about horse meat? The hell is this guy doing? <laughs> Spam. Dave, I'm looking for you, buddy. 
All right, here we go. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. That's right, Greg Reppy reporting here from the breaking news desk in Cleveland, Ohio. And if you didn't know, folks, the 2017 Barbecue Hall of Fame nominations are now being requested. Here we go! I put it on my social media types a few hours ago, stating the fact I just happened to be ballyhooing over to the KCBS website. And I saw up at the top left as I was looking for some of the results that happened, trying to maybe pick a new interview subject. And there it was, right at the top left. I have no idea how I missed it last year, but this was not a movement last year. Two years ago it was. In 2017, it will be a new movement of the show. But there it was. Hall of Fame nominations now being accepted. So, let me tell you. If you think I am worthy of being suggested to go into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, not saying that I should be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame now, but I'm just saying, if you feel that I am, I should be in a conversation, here's what you should do. There's an uh, email, bbq at americanroyal.com, just like it sounds, bbq at americanroyal.com. Don't. Here's what you don't do. Don't take bbq at americanroyal.com and then put subject line Greg Rempe and then say Greg should be in the barbecue. Hall of Fame. Do not do that. Don't do that. Take five minutes out of your day if you believe in me and the show and what we've done here over the last 12 years in some form or fashion. Take five minutes out of your day. Sit down and write an email to the American Royal. Again, that email address is bbq at americanroyal.com. And be sure to tell them why exactly you think I should be or I would be a good candidate for discussion. Sell them on it. Build value. Again, don't just send them a note saying Greg should be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. That will be getting us both nowhere quickly. And we want to go somewhere quickly or over an extended period. We want to be moving in the positive direction. So if you're going to do it, you need to be compelling and you need to bring across the value of having me in this discussion, and perhaps more importantly, the value of having me in the 2017 Barbecue Hall of Fame. And then, when I get voted in this year, as I so deservingly deserve, my acceptance speech will be one of legend. (laughs) When Stephen Reichlin was inducted into the 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame. He had a, I don't want to call it a soapbox moment, but his, uh, let's call it the topic or the key points of his induction speech that he gave were about uh, responsible sourcing, how your meat is raised is almost as important as how you cook it or as important as you cook it. A lot of green movement stuff in his stuff. My speech will have zero of that. that Can you imagine if you take the time and craft a finely worded email that is compelling, 
that is building value, that is doing everything that you should be doing in a nomination sense, let's say. How great would it be under the celebrity slash humanitarian? And dare I say, because of this show, I can be both a celebrity and humanitarian, perhaps the first inducted ever into that category. And I'll be up there with my colleagues, Ray Lampy and Stephen Reichland and Myron Mixon and Mike Mills and Chris Lilly. Me and Chris Lilly in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's happening this year. Never have I felt more confident in two things happening in the world of barbecue in 2017. One, we will be the forefront runner of the nation bringing horse meat to processing and consumption here in the States. Number one. Number two, Greg Rempe, Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, class of 2017. It's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. You also know about Big Papa Smokers, a longtime sponsor of this show, which I appreciate. Look, if you didn't know, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue featuring a comprehensive selection of American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself by making an award-winning line of championship rubs that have won almost every major barbecue competition, period. They've also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. To find conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions. Of course, King of the Smoker, bringing the best of barbecue in a head-to-head, back-to-basic style competition. King of the Smoker, unique in the fact that contestants may not use any electric devices, such as pellet cookers or pit miners. Contestants just allowed to use charcoal wood in their wits to win one of the most high-stakes barbecue events around. The other one is the Guinea Pig, which is a cost-controlled event that helps bring in newcomers to the competitive barbecue world. It also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category. That helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of barbecue. On top of all of that, Big Papa's has created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind... Big Papa's has been doing this maybe six years, turning the competition world on its head, creating their own unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers, and that website, of course, is BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. All right, we are back with Michael McDearman. McDee! Talking 2017 Sam's Club and who knows what else. Stick around. We'll be right back.
The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories, purveyors of made-in-the-USA stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges, barbecue accessory hangers, rocket-hot chimney grillers, and heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers. The fine products from Unknown Smoker Accessories keep your gear where it needs to be. Where's that? At arm's length and ready for battle. Well... I can tell you one thing. I thought I had McD's phone number up, and I sure as hell didn't. Well, that's my fault. I take uh, that's my fault. I take on. Uh, use discount code Rempe R E M P E for fifteen percent off your entire order. That's promo code Rempe. All right, my first guest in the second hour, a longtime friend of the show, and has been the Sam's Club tour director for the past three seasons. Now getting ready to start season number four. He's also recently voted onto the KCBS board directors. Let's go ahead and head over to the Smithfield hotline and welcome back good friend of the show, Michael McDearman. McDee, what's up, buddy? How are you, Rempe? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Michael. Appreciate you making time, as always, for the show. And a couple different places we can well, start being, here. Go ahead. Well, being the humanitarian that you are, first and uh, foremost, I want to give a uh, shout-out to Tim's Full Belly Belly. Tim has surgery a couple days ago just want to wish him some get well wishes and hope he's back on the barbecue circuit soon up in wisconsin absolutely tim holla um michael let me ask you right off the top of your head i mean you're well connected with these uh barbecue folks and many different not just competition of course but in business and uh philanthropy and uh, celebrity and all this stuff uh, one out of ten on a scale one, no way, and ten, absolutely. Am I in the Barbecue Hall of Fame come 2017? Voting time? You know, I think it's just going to be an honor being nominated. and uh, But I, I would pay money to see that acceptance speech. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you would. Uh, it, would, it, would <laughs> it would be on the entertainer's side, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So, uh, all right, Mike, so let's do this first. Uh, we have the... Your fourth season as tour director, getting ready to ramp up here in Sam's Club. And, you know, up until a few weeks ago, the Sam's Club registration process would see its fair share of people whining and complaining because a server crashed or blah, 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 and I can't get in and this. I mean, never mind the fact that there is literally an influx of thousands of people trying to get to the same place. However, this year, I think, marks the first time that no such crash takes place. And funny how much less you hear about good service versus bad service, which is like rule of the day for anything. <laughs> but what happened to bolster the ability to handle the rush this year? Well, you know, when um, I came in halfway through the season, so registration had taken place the first year I was part of, of being a director. Second year, they uh, they went through the process and, and then uh, had some glitches. They made we made some adjustments technology wise, and it handled it sort of at its max. And um, each year, the the great thing is is we've had more and more interest in, and it's growing. 
Uh, I think we've only got 20 spots open right now. 20-ish depends on the day you look at it. Yesterday it was 20. I think it's 24, 25 today. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing how much interest has been in the Sam Club Tour. And this year we said, let's just ramp it up eight times what we need and what last year. And um, yeah, 400 people registered in three minutes. Like that's a huge number. I think. Yeah. How about them apples? Yeah. You start thinking about it. I mean, we had over 600. You just, uh, what, I think it was 20 minutes into it. Uh, and, <laughs> and there's only 750 spots and, and uh, people trying to find where they wanted to go and rearrange their schedules and all. It's, a, it's an amazing process to think about. And I think that's why the format's been successful is because we've got, well, one, a lot of money out there. Yep. But two, it, it's a fun atmosphere as far as the three rounds, be a champion of champions. It's a, it's a heck of an accomplishment. Michael McDermott joining me here on the show, Sam's Club Tour Director, getting ready for the 2017 season. Michael, there, and I looked uh, maybe four or five hours ago, and you were talking about spots, but there's currently four local events that remain unfilled. So, you know, again, as you had mentioned, a tremendous response continues to be the rule for this series. Is this the most teams filled in so far at this point of the registration process that you're aware of? Uh, I think it was, I think if I'm correct, the 728 individual teams last year, and um, so I'm sure we'll we'll be right at it or a little bit past it once everybody's settled in. We do have the on the 25th that's coming up um, the uh, second registration, which is open, and that means that people can register for a second event, and because uh, you can actually compete at more than one event if you if you can get in. There are currently two regional locations that stayed the same from last year, that being Madison, Wisconsin, and Las Vegas, Nevada. There are three new regional final locations this year as well, Bartlett, Tennessee, Edmond, Oklahoma, and the Commonwealth of Richmond, Virginia. Do you know why these locations, these three new ones, were were picked? Um, Oklahoma, we had been at, at the first Mi- store, and uh, we've been there – even from the initial trial, um, Oklahoma, it'll be a great choice as far as uh, being able to pull people from the region. The Bartlett, Tennessee was switched because of its its um, coming on the original schedule on the same as Memphis in May. So we uh-huh. immediately switched it and moved the Marietta to Bartlett. Uh, so that's why that occurred uh, and didn't stay in, in Marietta. So the central location that we had tried to achieve uh, couldn't with the scheduling because we have to pay. We have to actually obey all the. We're not a bully in the playground. We have to play by the same rules as every other contest. We go in with our schedule, and whether or not a, another contest has put theirs in the KCBS, we don't know if it's going to happen. Whether they're changing dates and all that stuff, it's not like everybody's already lined their schedule out when we're making ours. And so uh, it's, a, it's a challenging process to put 31 events together. And we do 31 events in 32 weeks around the country. When we do that, we are going to get close to some other events. We're right. try and uh, not have the KCBS proximity rule come into effect. Michael, I know you have probably zero to do with this, but uh, please entertain my bitching and kvetching just for one second. How is Ohio left out again? What the hell? We're NBA champions. We made it to the World Series for baseball. We have one of the most pathetic NFL football teams. I mean, Ohio's kind of a destination. 
Yeah, it is. And we've done Canton a couple of years. I remember. I was there. Up to, to flying in yep. headquarters to do the show. That's on right. Site. That's right. <laughs> we've had some good fun in Ohio. Do you, do you have any idea like how they decide where they're going to put local events? Does it have to do with popularity of their retail stores and hoping to draw in from there or, or, or anything like that? You can imagine there's a bunch of different oh. factors that go into this, uh, not just on competitor density and, and uh, proximity to where we can pull judges and, and competitors, but also um, sponsors where they want to go and, and a lot of different factors that weigh in. Michael McDermott joining me here on the show, talking about the impending 2017 Sam's Club series. It's going to be starting here very shortly. In regards to the the regional locations, Michael, do you think it makes any difference where they are? Uh, in, in other words, would it be better from a consistency point of view? And this has nothing to do with the local events, but just the, the regionals, which obviously lead to Bentonville in the final. Do you think it would be better, just in your opinion, to have five, the five, I'm not saying this right, the same five spots every year be those regional destinations, or does it not matter? Well, it is a year-to-year event, and we do like to, to have a successful formula, and we always look to build a better mousetrap. And I'm glad you brought this up because we didn't touch on your previous question. Uh, Richmond, Virginia. Um, last year, we went through the whole mid-Atlantic area, the northeast mid-Atlantic. Yep. We tried for every single location that we had picked with proximity and with trying to work that schedule and, and the logistics of it all. Um and it wound up having to be in Charleston, unfortunately. Uh, that was a long haul. I remember even one contestant left as soon as awards were over to make the drive down to Charleston. And they were one that, that wasn't – they were like in seventh or eighth place or something along those lines where they were – a couple were going to have to cancel for him to be able to uh, compete with his wife. Wow. And so they went on ahead and drove down on a gamble, and they wound up getting in. But um, it, moving it to Richmond, it centralizes it, and that's actually an improvement this year. What do you think makes a a good run competition when people talk about events that they will go back to? I mean, inevitably, I think the payout is great, and the fact that if you string three really good cooks together, you have the opportunity to walk away with a really big paycheck. However, you also get to walk away with one of the uh, major events, let's say, in the course of a competition, and I think I'm not overstepping my bounds when I say that the Sam's Club National Series overall championship or the national title is widely considered to be a major at this point, along with American Royal and the Jack and some of the other ones. But from a director's point of view, what do you think really makes the events come off well and gets people talking in a positive sense? Because that's what you want. You want people talking positive, not negative. Well, I think I've got my mother and my father to blame for a lot of this. Um, (laughs) I try and do what they taught me. I don't know. I hope it's right. Um, So I try and treat people Make sure they got what they need, what we can offer, but also make it fair. That was the biggest thing my father had going for him. He was the he was a tough electrical engineering professor, but I've never heard a student uh, not say he wasn't fair, and uh, that was a big thing. So when you've got rules, you've got to obey them. You've got to play by them. Um, but uh, you know, also too, people know what you get, and making it consistent, trying to pull off thirty-one events in thirty-two weeks. Uh, you know, most of these events they've got. Uh, a club or something like that with 20 or 30 members or a committee and all this. Uh, it's me, a logistics person, and a couple roadies that we hire on site. So we try and, and uh, pull it off with, I hope, consistent form because we want to make sure it's, it's each stop is the same stop. 
That way everybody's got a fair shake. It doesn't matter as best we can uh, with the logistics and things. And uh, That's the biggest thing I think people look for. But um, I'm surprised that more competitions aren't able to do 3 o'clock awards as consistently as I do. I don't understand why there's such a delay uh, with the 30-team contests. Um, I know that that's the reps and timing and, and organization, but it really seems like it. the 6 o'clock awards and things where teams are, a lot of them are twiddling their thumbs. They, I mean, when you come to a Sam's event, you know what you get. You're going to get, uh, I hope, a uh, that's what I strive for, a consistently run event that, that you can count on and, and that tries to listen and make it good for the cooks. If I didn't know any better, I think I was talking to a pitmaster discussing what it takes to be consistently being called for meat categories and overall calls. It's consistency is consistency, whether you're doing a cook or whether you're putting on a event. And we're talking with Michael McDiarmid, the Sam's Club director here, getting ready to start the 2017 season. Any big changes to the Sam's tour this year that we should know about or any new tweaks? I think it's it's always fun and interesting to uh, to see the excitement around the sponsors with uh, barbecue and and the things that are going on. Uh, it's uh, last year we had some great things going on with with um, we did what was it each we had one two three we had at least three I think um, videos that went on uh, throughout the year and it was a great promotion for barbecue that way uh, with the bringing about a Facebook Live. You'll probably see me a little bit more on Facebook Live and some things trying to share with folks more about the barbecue uh, community and what's going on and how teams are preparing and why they're there early and who knows what else we'll, we'll come up with. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun technology-wise. People will be able to check in and see what's going on more and, and be able to experience it, even if they aren't in that area, to come on out to the contest. When does the season kick off again, Michael? Uh, Daphne, Alabama, on February 25th. All right, so uh, just about three weeks' time or so, so looking forward to that. Like, I want to switch gears real quick, and I think if anybody's a friend of yours on Facebook or on some type of a social media, they have been seeing a, a transformation, if you will, or a, a reformation of Michael McDiarmid physically, and you have the, the Fit Griller handle going on now. So talk to me about Fit Griller what that is and what the, I mean, obviously everybody wants to be healthy, but I think putting rubber to the road is a whole different thing. It really is. And, and, you know, I went through a, an experience of, in uh, Richmond was, yeah, it was Virginia this year where I went through dehydration. And when I went to the hospital on Sunday, after flying back from the event, I had been out in 135 degree temperatures on pavement and, and I was drinking Gatorade, just pounding the Gatorade thinking I was hydrating. And I wound up actually um, having too much of the ingredients in Gatorade in me, and it wound up pulling water out of me rather than putting it into me. So I, I wound up going through it. They even treated me like a heart attack because my um, enzymes were so high. They thought I was having a heart attack at first. It was, it was a little bit of a realization. But in 2016, I made the choice to, and believe it or not, I know a lot of people thought I was skinny, but imagine this: in college, I was 142 and six foot two. I was a rail. I was a skinny, skinny boy. And uh, now, I was uh, 206, I think. Anyway, I lost 35 pounds of fat. 
uh, because we did the body measurements and stuff. It was able to check, and I did a loss of 35 pounds of fat. And then working with a trainer and diet and, and uh, really keying in on healthy lifestyles, but flavorizing that healthy lifestyle, I wound up gaining 38 pounds of lean muscle. Wow. And so now I've actually I've got some I've got some uh, pistolas. I don't have guns yet, but I got pistols. Well, that's we got to start somewhere, right? Better than uh, flabby earthworms. And that's that's the exact point I'm trying to help people with is helping people understand it's not just going to be white rice that tastes like glue or bland chicken breast. We can actually have some fantastic uh, ways to to use coconut oils, olive oils, or, or different fats and things. But still, also too, we're going to have those meals where we eat barbecue where we want to go out and we want to have a steak or actually steak's a great po- uh, protein for, for folks who are on uh, fitness programs. And I happen to be from the town of, of some great success <laughs> stories, uh, CrossFit champions and bodybuilding champions. And, and uh, so much so that the uh, community actually has the motto or, or slogan natural fit because we've got such great natural resources. So um, I'm actually bringing all that together and trying to share with people, help them meal plan, help them learn how to flavor out that healthy lifestyle. And we'll have partnerships with different trainers. They'll have programs that they can offer up and, and uh, also to uh, e-cookbooks and, and uh, recipes and all that kind of fun, just so people can stay not just January when you, you make that New Year's resolution mm-hmm. or when it becomes bikini time or, or uh, swimsuit season that you want to go on a diet. It can be a healthy lifestyle year-round where you're making great flavorful decisions because if you're eating happy, you're going to be happier because uh, actually diet's about 80% of your results when you're working out. 20% gym, 80% results. And uh, so exercise and results, there you go. Are you, you get a little bit more pleasure out of eating, you're going to enjoy life because you look at Maslow's hierarchy needs. It's food, water, shelter. Why do we always say food <laughs> first? So it's just that kind of thing. Do you have like a website and stuff that you're tracking through or some type of contact info in case people want to get in touch with you or is it just the Facebook stuff? Absolutely. Bet Griller on social media and that'll be perfect for you. But uh, we are going to roll out the website here in about two weeks and then everything else will be piling on throughout the year. Uh, We're doing a slow rollout because we don't want to fly into flying. We want to actually make sure we're listening to the people that are, are working with us so that they're getting what they need out of it. Michael McDermott joining me here on the show. Uh, last thing before I let you go, Michael, and appreciate the time as always. Uh, newly elected to the KCBS Board of Directors. You know, first thing that jumps off my mind is, you know, being a part of contests and seeing cooks and seeing judges. Why the hell do you want to even bother getting in the middle of that? But then I realized, of course, you're a better human than I am. So uh, very high level. Uh, you know, what are you, what are you looking to accomplish over the time or, or some you know, real key items that you would like to start to hammer down on? Well, I think this is a huge transition time as far as uh, the KCBS. We've, we've come 30 years or so now, and, and now it's time to set the table for the next 30 years. Um, I think that we've got some definite things we can constantly look at the product we're producing and, and improve. Um, you know, are we putting out there what our 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 membership, customer-based needs, and uh, then also, too, you know, the future transition in leadership. What are we going to set our stage to be? What uh, are we going to continue being the leader in the food industry as far as competitions go? We need to be educating folks on uh, barbecue and, and getting that word out there because it uh, it's not it's not just uh, about, um, I mean, you look at good grief, the sponsors that have come in. It's amazing the support we've got, but it also can be more. Michael McDearman is Fit Griller. He's the Sam's Club 
tour director and KCBS board of director newly voted in. Michael, always appreciate the time, man. And uh, we'll talk to you again once Sam's gets rolling. Look forward to it, Greg. Take care of you. And All right. Good luck. Thank you so much. There he is. My guy. Michael McDermott, McD, as we uh, as we like to. I think I nicknamed him McD, by the way. I'm not trying to take credit for stuff that All I didn't guests do. guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. Can you imagine having your turn-ins done and then you have to wait until 6 o'clock? Dudes want to blow out. I want to sit there for three more hours, right? And by the way, if you're an MC, know how to get through awards. I've done it once, and I was great. Ask David. Uh, ask David Qualls. I kept it moving. Got people over, shouted out, witty jokes. People made fun of me. Fun. All right, folks. If you're like me, you want to step up the barbecue and grilling game. No better or easier way to do that than by treating yourself to a little butcher barbecue. Here's the deal. Many different products to choose from, and I am going to tell you about one of my favorite new products over the last handful of years. Of course, that is the grilling oil. Folks, if you've not tried Butcher's Barbecue Grilling Oil, what are you waiting for? Butter flavor is my flavor. However, they also have Chipotle and they also have steakhouse seasoning. So if you're into those type of flavor profiles, you're going to want to pick up a bunch of bottles. And you're going to use it way more than you think. Now, why is that? Let me tell you why. This stuff is shelf-stable. You know that stuff in the blue bottle, that parquet stuff? I'll mention it by name. Well, kind of a limited use, right? You're going to put it on ribs before you foil. Maybe you're going to put it on baked potato fried potato, whatever, fit griller rolling over in his seat right now as we talk about butter. This is barbecue. That stuff has to go back in the refrigerator so the next time you're going to use it, you got to remember it's in the refrigerator. With the grilling oil, it's completely shelf-stable. It stays right out there by the stove or the oven, or you can take it outside to the grill. You can just take it around with you. Get a grilling oil holster, keep it right on your side. It's ready for dispersion any and all times. doesn't go bad. So you need a little extra butter flavor, a chipotle flavor, a steak flavor on something. Whip it out, hose it on, you're ready to go. And most importantly, where some of those parquet-style butters kind of change that texture of the meat on the rib, grilling oil does not do that. I love the product. I buy 12 at a time. And by the way, I buy 12 at a time, not get sent for free. I buy 12 at a time. If you haven't tried it yet, and I'm doing the whole read on it, make this your product to try in January. We'll try a new one in February. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. CJ, helping me close it down. Coming up. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. 
You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Biggest names at pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get smoking with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. That's smokinwithsmithfield.com. If you run a contest, you can apply for the grant program. Commit to cooking with Smithfield. You can get a lot of cool free stuff. Doesn't get any better than that. Thanks to Smithfield for joining the show. Helping me close it down tonight is the pitmaster of a team who I was supposed to follow all the way through last season. That didn't work out to This weekend, however, he is gearing up to defend his title at the San Antonio Rodeo Barbecue Cook-Off event. And here to look ahead, talk about the chances of repeating none other than the pitmaster of Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue, my buddy, Clarence Joseph, joining me here on the show. CJ! Yo, Greg, what's up, baby? Happy New Year, dude. How are you? Happy New Year to you. Doing well and appreciate the time, as always, Clarence. So, big weekend coming up, of course, and we're going to get into that here in a second. But because I didn't do it at all last year, because I'm a dick, how about a little bit of a recap <laughs> of the 2016 season for Mom and Papa Joe's? What'd you like? What'd you miss? A little rundown. Ah, 2016 was a very interesting year, Greg. Uh, and uh, I hate to, to say uh, it, it was a bit disappointing, but uh, coming off of a 2014 and a 2015 when uh, I was almost at 10 GCs, uh, you know, I kind of uh, dropped off a little bit. Uh, and I want to say I had an average year, so it was a bit disappointing. Uh, I, I could never seem to uh, to to really get all three meets to to come together uh, uh, on a consistent basis, and uh, no rhyme or reason. Uh, I think for for the most part, uh, people caught up to me to some degree. Uh, so I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, getting 2017 uh, back on track uh, the way I know I can cook. Do you find yourself at all playing that? devil's regret of teaching so many Texas barbecue cooks what you do and have them turn around and smack you around a little bit? You know, great question. And uh, that <laughs> is really a bit bittersweet thing. Yeah. Uh, at, at, at quite a few cook-offs, I am watching my students, you know, uh, <laughs> dominate the, the top 10, the overall finishes. Uh, and it really makes me feel good knowing that I've contributed in, a, in, in some way to their success. Uh, but again, on the on the same hand, you know these guys are finishing on on uh, on top of me. So uh, to be honest, all it all it did was really make me work harder uh, in in the short off season we had. Spent uh, spent quite a bit of time in the Mama and Papa Joe's test kitchen, <laughs> uh, trying to get things back on track. And uh, I think I've really ironed out uh, some of the, some of the wrinkles and. Ready to, uh, to to make uh, 2017 count. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look at the upcoming weekend. But first, let's take a quick look back at last weekend. You were at 
I believe it's Rotama Park Cookoff in San Antonio. If I'm saying that city right, uh, yeah. but you take uh, we were yes, we were in Rotama, and uh, my first opportunity to uh, to debut some of my my new recipes. Uh, very happy with uh, all three products that we turned in, and uh, most part the judges uh, agreed with me. Uh, our chicken finished a. Uh, 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 awesome second, uh, and and when I say second, uh, being awesome, uh, it, with the quality feel of cooks uh, that we had, uh, second, I was very very much uh, in love with that finish. Uh, chicken was one of my problems last year. You know, my chicken was hit or miss. Uh, I either be top three or not in the uh, even in the final tables, and I couldn't understand why. But uh, uh, some some again some uh, some some tweaks over the off season and. Uh, uh, the chicken has come off the uh, off the bat flying, so uh, let's hope that continues. And uh, the ribs, uh, I ate some of the, some of the ribs a couple of days after uh, that event, and again, uh, no no answer as to why uh, they didn't hit. Uh, because I really loved them. Uh, you know, that's the product that I set out to turn in. That brisket though was a beast. Uh, it was one of the best briskets I've cooked in terms of flavor in a long time, and. Wow. Uh, the judges agreed with me. It was the first place brisket. Uh, so uh, is, we ended up being reserve grand champions, uh, which is a great way to start uh, the year. So uh, with that momentum, I'm looking uh, very much looking forward to this weekend. CJ, when you talk about chicken kind of being hit and miss and trying to look at making tweaks, is it something that you just internalize and work on yourself, or do you go to other pitmasters? that might be having a little bit more of a consistent success with chicken and try and soundboard with them. I mean, is there, is there a relationship or is that a conversation that can be had or not so much? I will tell you, uh, I get quite a few calls from individuals, uh, asking, asking for advice. And one of the things I always do is ask them, well, what are you doing? You know, uh, uh, I'll be honest. I ask them, what are you doing? And, uh, on more than one occasion, what they're doing is giving me some idea uh, that uh, uh, I intend to, uh, to to tweak or try at some point later on, and uh, that is what happened with uh, specifically with the chicken over the off season. You know, this was from a pitmaster that called me and asking me for uh, ideas, and I took one of his uh, one of his uh, a part of his process and tweaked it a little bit to fit into my process. And I, uh, I really think I've, uh, I've hit on to something, and uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to see where, where that particular tweak takes me uh, in the upcoming cooks. You know, a year ago, Clarence, you were walking away with Grand Champion at the San Antonio Rodeo Barbecue Cook-Off, and we advanced 12 months to kind of where we are today, looking ahead to this coming weekend. Do you, do you think at all about repeating? Can you not have that mentality? And is it just, I got to have the best cook I can have, you know, from the, the I, internal I, mind, where are you at? I wish I could say that I didn't think about repeating. Uh, in my six years of uh, competitive cooking, I, uh, I have not been able to, uh, to defend a grand championship. And, uh, as, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is uh, this is one of the biggest stages that I will ever have uh, to try to, to to accomplish that feat. So, uh, 
I'm sitting here, and again, I'm not I'm not being uh, braggadocious or uh, uh, presumptive, uh, but uh, I think uh, my chances of uh, of coming out on top are as good as anybody else's in 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 that field of cooks. And uh, again, we're going to have some of the best cookers across Texas uh, at this event. Some 325 teams. 325. Uh, and I think my chances are as good as anybody else. Oh, 325. 325 teams, yes, sir. Wow. I mean, and it's, you know, it seems to be, and I I think I've brought this up a a number of times with some of the other Texas guys that I've had on here over the last 12 months or so. By and large, most Texas IBCA events or or some of the other sanctioning bodies have way more participants in their contests than you would find at an FBA or a KCBS contest. Why do you think that is? You know, uh... It, it's hard to, to figure why, uh, but uh, over the years, I've just noticed that uh, uh, quality, a quality cook-off, and when I say a quality cook-off, I refer to the, the, the quality of cooks that are attending uh, in combination with the payout. In Texas, man, that will, bring, uh, that will bring the cooks out of the woodwork. If you can get some quality teams with a quality payout, you're going to draw a significant number of cooks, and that's what we're seeing now. Uh, historically, San Antonio Rodeo has always drawn uh, large numbers. But over the years, the numbers have uh, dwindled from partiers to more, uh, to more serious com- uh, competition cooks, and that's what we're going to see this weekend. I think by and large, over sanctioning body to sanctioning body to sanctioning body, the partier mentality I mean, if you're just going to be one of those teams that does it a couple times a year, and this is just what kind of what you blow your wad on, that's one thing. But for the guys that are out there doing it 10, 15, 20 times plus, there doesn't seem to be any time to party anymore because of the amount of expense that you're going to be incurring, regardless of the sanctioning body. And I guess when you have a great event like you're talking about, you have the opportunity for some guys to go out and put the bullseye on somebody else's back and, and stack up against them. What kind of a payout would you be looking at if, if you win San Antonio? Uh, it, is, uh, it is not the, the largest payout. Uh, as a matter of fact, last year was the first time uh, that the rodeo, uh, the cook-off actually paid out to the, uh, the, the main uh, meat categories. Wow. Uh, and uh, I, had, I had a, uh, a eight-place uh, chicken, a first-place rib, and a fifth-place brisket to win. And along with uh, what they paid the grand champ, I brought home just about five grand. Uh, not even close to the biggest payout uh, in Texas. But the, uh, the rodeo is primarily uh, it's a, uh, a scholarship drive. So uh, they, they donate tens of thousands, millions of dollars uh, annually uh, for uh, uh, students across Texas. So uh, it's never been a big money event, but uh, the prestige of uh, being able to call yourself grand champ at that event uh, more than makes up for uh, for uh, the what uh, the payout is. It does seem to be kind of a of an unspoken deal down there in Texas, where you have some of the biggest events. You know, Houston Livestock and Rodeo also comes to mind, where maybe the payout isn't really huge. It's not twenty five. It's not fifty. Not a hundred thousand dollars. Even though there's, you know, seems to be a thousand teams there, but it's saying that you won and you get a belt buckle if you win it, and, and 
that seems to be a little bit more on the priority list. Oh, yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, uh, I had an opportunity after winning the road, the San Antonio Rodeo to cook Houston. And uh, there are a number of cook-offs on my bucket list in terms of uh, being able to win. And Houston uh, Livestock uh, Show and Rodeo is uh, is definitely one of those. Uh, I managed to do the San Antonio Rodeo. I uh, would love to do Houston. But, uh, again, that's another one of those cook-offs that, uh, uh, regardless of payout, it's all about uh, uh, the prestige of being able to call yourself the grand champion of that event. One of the other things I wanted to talk to you briefly about tonight, and we had kind of hit on it as far as being bittersweet, is the classes that you're giving. Is that something that you're still either doing or looking to do in 2017? Yes. Uh, uh, last year I gave eight classes. Uh, this year I've uh, backed it down to four. Uh, I really want to get my numbers of cook-offs back up uh, in the neighborhood of 30 or so. So I back my uh, the number of my classes down to uh, to four. I uh, still receiving uh, uh, very good uh, enrollment uh, numbers, uh, and my students continue to uh, to dominate. You know, uh, across Texas, even had students go to the Sunnies in Florida uh, a couple of uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago and uh, do really well. So, uh, uh, very effective class, and uh, I must say so. Were you worried when you, when you, in your estimation, had kind of a down year last year that people might be on the schneid on getting on the CJ class bandwagon? Uh, you know, uh, I, I've got to say that, uh, <laughs> that, that I, I was, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. Uh, but, uh, I, I really think people have gotten to the point, uh, where they trust, uh, what I'm doing, uh, my instinct and, uh, it was just one of those things where it was time to tweak. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, the star of the show is the last to know that uh, he's reached <laughs> that point where he no longer has what he once, uh, what he once had. Uh, and uh, like I said, I put the work in over the, uh, over the holiday period, and uh, we shall see in the very near future exactly uh, uh, how it's doing. But, uh, again, uh, like I said, any potential uh, cook, that really wants to up his or his uh, his barbecue game. I'm I'm their man. Absolutely. This coming weekend, he's looking to defend the championship that he won last year at the San Antonio Rodeo Barbecue Cookoff. It's the pitmaster of Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue, Clarence Joseph. Really appreciate the time, Clarence, and uh, continued success this weekend. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, you take care, Greg, and thanks a lot for calling, man. You got it. There he is. CJ from Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue. Again, looking to repeat as uh, San Antonio Barbecue Rodeo champ. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. So I guess time will tell. And, of course, everybody waiting with bated breath on if you're going to be able to bust my chops on if the Barbecue Central Show karma works. That doesn't usually work out too well for the Centralites, by the way. I'll tell you what works out for the Centralites. The Barbecue Guru, the longest-running sponsor of the show. 
Let me talk to you for a few minutes about them. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why are you going to buy it from any other company? Not familiar with how these little beauties work? I'm not going to get into the minute detail, but imagine a product that allows you to set your temperature. And once that keeps the temperature right along all the way through the cook. Sounds too good to be true. It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology right today. Because what? What? Maybe you're busy working professional or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have that time to set around and tend pit temperatures. The barbecue guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, and you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. The guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. You got the CyberQ Wi-Fi totally geeked out mode. Can run up to two pits. Multiple internal temperatures of meat. Connect your smart device, whatever that is. And then you can make pit temperature control adjustments right there. You can monitor internal temperatures of meat right there. You never have to get out of bed, pretty much. That's what I'm saying. On the other end of that spectrum, the Party Cube. This is a self-contained unit. Runs on AA batteries. Goes from kettles to bullets to ceramic styles and anything in between. Runs on AA batteries. How about that? Easiest point of entry into the pit after control device market. Next week, we're going to be talking to Bob Trudnak about the revamp of the Onyx oven, so I won't talk about anything more in that regard. Now, here we go. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to barbecueguru.com. That's thebbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. So make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. That's 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com, the barbecue guru. Continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, we're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. This is starting. I think I got a problem with my inner ear. Uh, listen, I, my uh, inner ear monitor. Is it shorting out? Are they going to fix that handle? Will they fix that? Every time I go like this, this ear dies. Can't handle that. I just got a new mixer. Uh-oh. I need to hear my gloriousness for crying out loud. All right, thanks again to Clarence Joseph coming in last segment talking about 2016 season. Here's what I like when I'm talking to a pit master. 
and we're talking about what was your season like, that he comes right out and says, hey, I was having a down season last year. I'm not going to lie. I can't really put my finger on why that was. Thought I was doing some good stuff, this, that, and the third. But in the end, I wasn't getting the calls or I wasn't getting consistently, which messes around with your overall. And then compared to the year before, year before that, you're not having near the success that you were having. Now, that being said, he realizes it. He goes back to the lab, works on the flavor, works on the cook. And then he's back on track. It's the reserve grand champion last weekend in San Antonio, where he's going to be again this weekend to try and pull off that reserve. I'm sorry, to try and pull off the defense of the grand championship from last year. So very exciting stuff. I wish him good luck. Of course, he has the show karma, so not too much needed. We'll get a recap from him next week. All right, let's wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Max Good from AmazingRibs.com. We talked about the Kalamazoo cabinet smoker. We got a update on the AMG grill, the American Muscle. Charbroil has a new grill coming out that's all smart. And what was the other thing we were talking about right there at the end? I forget. Oh, the PK360, yeah, the all-aluminum He's going to review that in detail next month. 9.35, John Solberg taught us how to make lump charcoal right at your house. Who's going to do that? Tell me who's going to do it right now. I want to do it. Got to get some stuff, though. Why wouldn't you want to do that? It sounds great. It's, it's more reason to play with fire. Then, in the second hour, we talked with Michael McDermott, the Fit Griller, Sam's Club Tour Director. That's starting at 2.25. That's February 25th, to be exact. We close it out with Clarence Joseph from Mom and Papa Joe. Big show lined up next week, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.